Hello everyone and welcome to the Clockwork Cantina, episode 148. It will be a D&D world building episode in the second half along with the usual news in the first half. I am one of your hosts of this show, Josh902, and this is the other host of this show. DT3, what's going on everyone? Nailed Adieu, that intro. Nailed it. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm a little rusty, but we're good. We're, we're good. To, we're rocking. We're on it today, boys and girls. And... Uh, non-conforming the uh, gender roles um everyone else yes yes uh hope how are you guys doing i hope we're all doing good out there uh guys i'm excited for today's show i always love our D world buildings with dt3 yeah, like it's it's honestly i was sitting here thinking about this before we went live it's like it's the closest we come to not having things planned out when we do a show right because we decide in the moment what we're going to work on and then we work on it. I don't I don't prep anything really. I, I do it like we're prepping D&D world building for reals because we are doing it for reals. Um, and I love doing these shows uh, and it, it's so fun. Um, uh, yeah, uh, let's just go ahead and hop into it, DT. What have you been up to this past week, my friend? Let me go ahead and get our text swapped over. Boom. What have we been up to? Um, uh, many movies, playing some games. Uh, so yeah, I watched the. I'll start off with the movies, I guess. I watched Helter Skelter from 2012. That's a that's a heck of a movie. Uh, I watched Batman Assault on Arkham, uh, animated DC movie, pretty good. That's like a better version of the 2016 live action Suicide Squad. Definitely recommend it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, I watched All Star Superman. Uh, wasn't a big fan of that one. Uh, I watched Long Way North. Uh, it was alright. I watched Weird, the Ali Yankovic story. That I didn't know it was gonna be a parody going into it. Mm. So it it was it was a little it was a little weird. But I mean, with a name like that, I mean, and, and, <laughs> and the person. The person you're you're covering it makes sense, but I just didn't expect. That. I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, anyway, I watched the Social Network. Honestly, I know a lot of people love that movie, but I wasn't super impressed by it. It was it's fine, it was whatever. Gotcha. Uh, I watched Mad God. That is a that's a trippy ass movie, man. I love it because it's stop motion, but man, it's weird. It's by uh fucking uh, Phil Tippett did that one, Josh. Oh. You guys might remember Phil Tippett from, uh, you know, he's OG ILM Star Wars guy. Uh, if you've seen Light and Magic, he was in that. Yeah, that's a that's a Phil Tippett. Uh, oh my god, I looked this up just to look at some of the images. This looks trippy. <laughs> Holy shit! It is. It is. It's very trippy. So that's that's one of his movies. And it, yeah, it is a the stop motion is fucking phenomenal. But it is a weird ass, trippy ass movie, man, for sure. Mm -hmm. I got you. I watched King Richard, uh, which is the movie that Will Smith won his Oscar for last year, and I can see why he definitely, definitely was was really good in that movie. So yeah, it's a good one. If you guys know what that's about, it's about the, uh, the basically the the early days, the early you know beginnings of uh, Venus and and Serena Williams. And their dad, Richard Williams, uh, you know, 
getting them there and all that stuff. So definitely a good one if you're, you know, interested in, in, or intrigued by that. Uh, I watched another movie called Two Leslie, which is, man, <laughs> basically lady wins the lottery, blows it all, fucks up her life, and tries to get it back together again. And, uh, yeah, it's a... Is that a newer movie? Yeah. It's uh, okay. it's one of the... I wanted to watch it because it was one of the movies that was nominated for the Oscars. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to like start watching more of these Oscar films. So, I, I you know I watched that one, but yeah, that that it's uh. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's, it's I hadn't something. heard of it till just right now, till when you said something. Well, about the, well there you go. <laughs> and then uh, and then last night I watched this movie called The Invitation from 2015, kind of like a horror. Not not a horror. It's like a thriller mystery movie drama yeah horror no thriller mystery drama is, is what i would describe it as uh but yeah those are the movies i watched some of the games i played is uh fortnite division two um the hunt showdown uh i've been playing Damon x machina on stream it's kind of like a mech game like a mech action game. It's all right. I, I'm enjoying it, but it is it is quite repetitive. So that's like my only knock on it. It's like it's just kind of the same shit over and over again. And I wish it was kind of, you know, I don't know. I wish it was kind of a little different, but it is what it is. It, it's it's a fun little mech game. Uh, I played, I reinstalled Apex after like so, so, so long. Uh, They added a new team deathmatch mode, which is for like a limited time or whatever. I kind of hope they keep it forever, but... I've been trying to play it uh, recently, and man, I I don't know what it is. Maybe I haven't played that game in a long time. It's because I haven't played that game in a long time, or I don't know what, but dude, I was getting my ass smoked in that game. Like, no matter what, I would, like, light somebody up, and they would not die, but then they'd drop me, like, instantaneously. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what is happening? Uh, But yeah, did that. I played a little bit of Overwatch 2 as well. And then uh, I play a little bit more FIFA because yeah, I just want want to play that. Also, can I just go off on a little bit of a of a tangent rant here? Just very. I've had it. It's our show. We I, do what we want. <laughs> I am fucking sick of EA and their stupid anti cheat bullshit. Why do I have to turn on? Like, why do I have to go into my fucking BIOS to fucking flip an op option on? that I have to so that I can play this fucking game, dude. Why can't I just press play and have the game play? Why is why is there always something with this fucking game that I need to do for it to play, man? Sick of that shit, dude. Anyway, over with that. Uh what else did I play? Oh, for Valentine's Day last week I played two dating simulators because in past years I I did that. I hadn't done it like I for a little bit, but I did it again this year. So I played Hooked on You, uh, the Dead by Daylight dating simulator, and then after that, I played Lover Watch, which is the Overwatch one. And uh, they were, you know, they're dating sims. You you know what to kind of know what to expect when you play those those kind of games. So, uh, yeah. And then obviously, like TV show wise, I only really watched one thing, which was the Bad Batch, latest episode of that. I uh, did not watch The Last of Us. I just, you know, lost time and then I didn't have time to watch it. So I'll have to watch it later. 
later today or, or some other time. But uh, that's pretty much been my week. Got you. Uh, before we move on, guys, I'm just going to restart the stream really quick. We're going to keep recording, so the recording will not be dis disturbed at all. I'm just going to restart it really quick, see if we can get this drop-in-frames things fixed, because I, my ISP's having issues, but maybe also restarting it will help. So if you're on Twitch, uh, we'll be right back. And if you're on uh, YouTube watching this or listening to the MP3, we'll be right here with you this whole time. I'll hit this button and hope not everything breaks. Do, 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 do. Do 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 do. You gotta give it a minute here. All right, and restarting. Should be good in just a moment here. It also break and never work again. That is also possible. Oh man, I may have broke everything. What the shit? Says could not access the specified channel or stream key. Please double check your stream key. <laughs> okay, oh, we'll do that really quick then. <laughs> All right. I don't know why it's doing that. My stream key should be fine. Maybe we just need to give um, it a minute. Sometimes it just, you know, it gets weird. What I, what I get for trying you know, to fix it in the middle of the show. You know OBS and how it be sometimes. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's tripping. Let's try this again. All right, we're good. I think we're, I think we're live again in a minute. All right. When it catches up. And we're back. All right. Hello, guys. All right. Uh, cool. Unfortunately, that didn't fix the issue, but <laughs> we tried. Uh, OK, we'll move on to what I've been up to uh, while we got yeah, that. Yeah, go for it. Um, uh, I for those of you that watched last week, you knew I had a toothache. That's why we missed some shows in the previous weeks. I finally on on Valentine's Day, I had my <laughs> tooth extracted. Um, I went early in the morning to my dental surgeon. Uh, it's like dental surgery and like facial reconstruction place, by the way. I, I thought I was oh, like, wow. wow, they do both of these things here. Cool. Um, Makes sense, uh, I went early. I woke up early and went and. Uh, I had to sit there and wait for them to finish up on somebody else. And then it became my turn and I went back and they. They hit me with three shots. They told me they were going to give me gas. They did not give me gas, but I didn't need the gas, apparently. They gave me three shots in my mouth, which I didn't feel. They numbed me up real good. And I want to say it felt like 20, 25 minutes. No tooth pain. Tooth was gone. Tooth was extracted. It was gone completely. I had literally no pain. Uh, from, like, the moment I went there to I didn't have, I didn't have pain after the tooth was out. Like... My jaw was like a little sore. It was like a little uncomfy, but not like hurt and pain. Yeah. And they gave me meds for that. And it was no big deal at all. In fact, it made me feel more comfortable with like dentistry. Um, they were nice to me the entire time. Uh, they never made me feel like shitty because I've had some dentists in the past 
that will make you just feel like the worst human being on earth for failing to take care of your mouth. They weren't like that here. They were very nice to me. Um, so most of my week has just kind of been recovering um, from that. Uh... Uh, as you can see, I'm talking fine. I'm eating normal food. I'm, I, I still have my stitches. I can fill them in there. They're, they're supposed to go away uh, gradually. So if you see me making funny mouth movements, it's it's because I feel them with my tongue and it, it's, it's, it distracts me. It like, it's like, you know, you just kind of want to you want to play with it a little bit, I guess. It doesn't hurt or anything. It's just weird feeling. Um, uh, so yeah, that was kind of like been the majority of my week was just kind of getting over there. I have meds and stuff. I have routines I got to do to till my till until it like fully heals up. But for the most part, going and getting the tooth extracted was not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. It was was in and out super quick. Came home, couldn't go back to sleep, so I was just on the computer, uh, messing around with stuff. Um, on Thursday. I went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, so I saw the movie. I'm not going to talk about it because we may do a show on the on it in the future when DT gets an opportunity to see it, but I saw it. Um, I watched... I'm, I'm slowly catching back up to Bad Batch. I'm super fucking behind, but I watched uh, the episode six, so I'm like three episodes behind, I guess, uh, on that, so I'm, I'll probably watch another episode later tonight uh, while the show uploads and try to Slowly work my way at be being caught up. Uh, about an hour ago, or an hour and a half ago, I watched uh, the la newest episode of The Last of Us. Can't wait to talk about that show on the podcast in the future. And the majority of my week, I, this is going to be an odd subject to talk about because people have strong emotions about it, but um, I've gotten into the, like, the AI art stuff um, this past week. Uh, and I'm not posting or showing any of this stuff, really. I, uh, I, I don't even know, like, I was just browsing. I think I was looking at Reddit. I was looking at D&D &D memes, and somebody in there had put, like, an AI-generated art meme in there, and, like, there was comments and questions in it, about it in the, in the comments, and which led me to another sub subreddit. Uh, and then I looked at something in there, and that led me to uh, uh, Stable Diffusion, uh, hosting it myself, uh, and uh, different models for RPG. Like, it's been trained to use, like, RPG, like, use, um, what is the one I use? Let me open my PDF, and I'll tell you guys specifically uh, the model I use for my Stable Diffusion. It's called RPG V4 Model. You can get it. It's it's been trained on uh, only using original work created with tools, including Unreal Engine, uh, some custom editing, image to image painting and some mid journey stuff. Um, the model is not specifically trained to use actual artists work. And I, I don't think uh, uh, that it will ever like replace an actual artist because, man, that would be insane to me. Um, but if, uh, the way I'm using it is I'm just kind of having fun with it, playing around, um, uh, making like, uh, uh, like characters from my D&D game from Frozen Decimation and DT, DT, I was going to ask you or not ask you, I was going to be like, we should do this. I was looking at the clockwork land documents. We should add, we should make like the, the starting areas. Like we should try to make like, here's some 
spaces in this area for like your um uh for for Jukara and for like Caval. You know, like we should make some little uh, AI generated art to throw in the into the dock later on if you want to. Not not today on stream, but like off stream. Because I think if I use the AI art off stream, I mean on stream, it's gonna make the whole computer crash just because it uses so much power and resources. But uh, I've kind of gotten into that, and I've been messing with that a lot. I was making making some friends' character art, just trying to make it look like them. It's fun. It's neat. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, so that's that's what I've been up to for the past week, guys. Uh, mostly recovering from the tooth and the AIR stuff is kind of taking up the majority of my time. Um, but yeah. ET, if you're ready to continue on, we can go ahead and start with the gaming news, my friend. Are you ready? Let's do it. We do have uh, news to get to. Yeah. All right. Let's hit that news. All right. So. What's first? The first. Uh, piece of news that we have here today is uh some midnight suns uh, story expansion news venom and mephisto are going to be starring in the new story expansion uh it's getting its second story expansion next week or i guess this week uh in the form of Redemption is what it's going to be called the next uh, expansion. Uh, we have a little bit of trailer here. They're calling it the Venom or Redemption Venom DLC trailer. Uh, it's like a minute 40. Uh, yeah, so whenever you're, if you're ready, we can check it out. I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. I caused a mountain to hurt. In the name of some freaky demon lady. You freaky demon lady. She didn't do all this. I did. Oh, but humans do love a moral dilemma. So let's make a deal. Stop the vampire uprising. Damn you, Mephisto. I will cure this pathetic creature forever. I would find what I seek where it all began. Gotta be here, right? I'll see the rest of you very soon. There it is, available February 23rd, which as of today of this recording, it'll be available in three days. So on Thursday. Interesting. Fun. I'm a it big fan of Midnight included, Suns. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is also included in the season pass, too, if you have that or you want that. So, yeah, there you go. And uh, Pretty cool. this is, like I said, the second DLC, the first one that came out had a Deadpool. Uh, character and mission pack and uh yeah so josh thinks it's pretty cool I oh, he's played this game quite a bit i have not played it yet i might 
eventually at some point, but yeah, haven't haven't yet. But it looks cool. Jeff Gain definitely looks cool, and I like that they're continuing to add stuff. How many do we know? How many they're uh expansions are playing on adding i mean there's a season pass so let's look at his season pass and see if it actually says season pass midnight suns come on the old google don't let me down here what we got here season pass details uh dlc one is deadpool dlc two is venom dlc is going to add morbius uh it's morbid time yeah DLC 4 is going to add Storm. Oh. So it looks like four DLCs on top of, like, you get all the skins, I believe, on top of that. So um, so it's a, it's skins for, like, pretty much every character in the game. So, yeah, four. I guess the, I guess the four will be, like, little expansions, kind of like this. Like, they're calling Deadpool 1, this one 2. Uh, we'll have three Morbius sets. One of the original comic book Midnight Suns, Morbius... Is an accomplished biochemist who, in an attempt to cure his own rare blood disease, turned himself into a living vampire. And then uh, DLC 4 will be Storm. A powerful member of the X-Men, Storm has the mutant ability to generate and manipulate wind, lightning, rain, and other types of weather to her will. Uh, it says, in addition to these heroes and their respective new abilities, each of the four DLC packs, inclu- uh, packs include included in the season pass will introduce new story missions, New upgrades for the Abbey and a selection of new skins and outfits. So, yeah, I guess they're going to do four. That's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was just curious because, you know, Mm -hmm. they said that, uh, there was a season pass and there's two DLCs out now. I was just wondering how many that makes sense. There's usually like four or five around there, like, you know, kind of things that they include in a battle pass or, or in a season pass rather. My bad. What, what I'm curious about is if they're going to do another pass after that, if they'll do another season or if that'll just kind of yeah. be it. Um, yeah, some games do do that. They, they do have like multiple season passes or whatever. Yeah. I, I really like the Midnight Suns. I know it didn't do great in terms of numbers but i thought it was a it was a good game i had some technical issues if you've watched the show long enough you know i had some issues with the game but for the most part thought it was great uh it's going on sale a lot so you can pick it up relatively cheap um it it also literally this past weekend had a free weekend too yeah so if that's something on your list and you can pick it up i bought it at full price and felt like it's worth it if you can get it on sale, you got a lot of game for it because it, it is pretty long. It's enjoyable. Um, yeah. Kind of all I got to see on the old Midnight Suns DT. What you got next, my friend? Well, we're going to kind of stick to the same kind of thing here because we're talking about Firaxis' Jake Solomon announces his departure from the studio. So the director of Marvel's Midnight Suns and the modern XCOM games has announced his departure from Firaxis. So he worked with Firaxis for 23 years and is best known as the lead designer of XCOM Enemy Unknown and director of XCOM 2, including its War of the Chosen expansion. And uh, he most recently directed this uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns game. Uh, He put out a statement on Twitter. 
and I'll go ahead and read that now in this little and then she says after 23 wonderful years I'm moving on from Firaxis I'm a big dreamer and I fulfilled two lifelong dreams in making XCOM and XCOM 2 and the War of the Chosen and Marvel's Midnight Suns I'm the luckiest kid who ever lived XCOM was my favorite game growing up that's why I'm a game developer Marvel Comics made me a dreamer and those characters feel like my extended family I'm grateful to Sid first and foremost for teaching me if I'm ever half as good as him, I'll be twice as good as I am now. I'm grateful to my Firaxis teammates, past and present, for making dreams into reality. Genuine love and gratitude. We did some real good stuff together. I'm grateful to 2K for always believing in the dreams and always supporting us with the time and resources needed to bring them to life. And I'm so thankful to everyone who enjoyed XCOM and Marvel's Midnight Suns. I've never taken this job for granted. Thank you for letting me do this job. I love designing technical turn-based games but it's time for another smart time for other smarter people to push that space forward my brain is on fire with a new dream time to go chase it that is what he had to say about that i yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of uh jake solomon like uh i i love and adore xcom just like jake does he, he adored the original game which obviously led to him coming back and or sorry Growing up and becoming a game developer and making like a whole new XCOM many years later and then getting XCOM 2 and War of the Chosen, right? And that's kind of where I first learned of Jake Solomon and became a big fan of him. Um, in the departure, there doesn't seem to be a lot of bad blood or anything like that. You know, it doesn't seem like he was forced out or anything like that. That can often happen yeah. sometimes, but it just seemed like it was just kind of like that time, you know, like 23 years at one company, man, you can become for both the company and for the person in question can become kind of like a little stagnant, you know, it kind of like here's more of the same. Sometimes there has to be shakeups at companies and, and for the person involved. So Jake seems like he's going to have a, a new dream to go chase uh, something new. I look forward to seeing whatever that is. And uh, for is also uh, will have a shakeup and and get some fresh kind of new blood. And in, in, in hopefully the XCOM yeah. three, whatever comes next uh, in that franchise or whatever comes next in general for the, the their table. Not table sorry turn-based tactical um uh i'm so i'm so uh brain RPGs. yeah sorry yeah <laughs> uh you know what i mean turn-based yeah, yeah, uh, tactical yeah. uh strategy games so going forward uh obviously i'm personally a little bummed just because i like jake solomon and i like everything he touches pretty much so uh but it's still like uh, i i don't feel bad or, or i'm worried about it at all i think it's a, probably a good thing All right. We can move on to the next thing, which is going to be the Star Wars Jedi Survivor Combat Extances Explained. So we got another IGN, like, preview Mm -hmm. of the game. And it's another eight-minute video where they're going to be talking about kind of the stances because there is multiple lightsaber stances in this game. And, uh, yeah, we're going to... I'm Get fine with watching the entire video, out. by the way. Yeah, I, I, yeah, same. So we're going to go <laughs> ahead and watch the whole thing. Uh, again, this is an IGN uh, video, so let's check it out. You ready? Three, yes. two, one, play. I don't think anyone would argue the idea that a Jedi makes for a pretty badass playable video game protagonist. They've got a lightsaber, force powers, they're quick, 
and they can jump really high. All great innate attributes. So I know we have single blade, two sabers, double blade, cross guard, and then I think they said there was a blaster stance a where you can use a saber and a blaster. Is that they're only really known to use lightsabers. That presents a bit of an issue as most good action. I wonder if we're gonna get to see all of them here, or they're just gonna like allude to some of them, you know. Sorry, DT, with my crappy so internet, my video keeps buffering. To help so I'm a little bit behind you now. Over the course of the game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order found a solution to this problem by giving Cal two different lightsaber stances, each with their own combat focus and moveset. And with the sequel, Jedi Survivor, Respawn is looking to up the ante with a total of five different stances that Cal can use over the course of his journey. To find out more about each of these stances, I talked with Senior Design Director Jason DeHarris and Game Director Sig Asmussen, who walked me through the design philosophy behind each stance and their unique approaches to combat. One of the big focuses throughout the development of Jedi Survivor has been this concept of Jedi 2.0, and how to take Cal from where he was in Jedi Fallen Order, a young and relatively inexperienced Padawan trying to find his place and identity, to where he is now in Jedi Survivor, a much more confident and capable Jedi Knight who is also five years wiser. As Moosin said that the team wanted this change reflected nice. in Cal not just in the story, but through his combat as well. As a result, Cal is a much That's more nice. capable fighter right from the start in Jedi Survivor, with three saber stances available right from the so beginning. So I don't know if you got game. to the party yet, Josh, but they, uh, double have three to start off with at the beginning. We felt like it was gotcha. important to give the player a greater arsenal right off the bat. Yeah, I'm currently at 155. Realized stances in the first game, okay. and uh, that was the single, and that was the staff, and we had a stance where you had a twin blade which was something that we wanted to fully realize in the first game, but we never, we basically ran out of time and it ended up becoming a special move. move. It was a really cool moment, but it was, uh, you know, not given the same amount of uh, focus and uh, execution. So that was like day one, we're like, we're gonna finish our twin stance. Hell yeah. Harris said that the team really used the twin blade stance as the jumping off point because they already knew the roles the single and double blade stances would play in combat. And so they wanted to start by trying to make the twin blades feel unique. And that's where we started to think, okay, let's make twin a little more technical. Still approachable, anybody can pick up and play, but there's a lot more, um, I guess, combat nuance to it. That combat nuance comes in several forms. For one, you're a bit of a glass cannon. You take more damage, but you attack faster and have a wider array of unique mm. combos, some of which require you to pause for a beat before continuing the combo. In addition to that, Twinblade Stance is the only one where you're able to dodge or guard cancel out of the startup animations of an attack. Other stances have you commit to your attacks very much like you would in a game like Dark Souls, where once you press the attack button, you have to wait until your attack animation finishes before you can get out of the way. You can rely a little more on your reflexes and freely get out of the way when danger is incoming. With twin, we kind of let you ride the line between, you know, reckless and um, aggression, but you pay okay. for it if you're making mistakes. The single blade stance is the all-rounder stance of Jedi Survivor. 
It's got medium range and medium power, and a jack-of-all-trades approach to the skills that utilize it. Nice. It's relatively fast, so there's not the same amount of commitment to each attack compared to the slower stances. You can throw your lightsaber out for a mid-range attack, and its special ability is a strong thrusting attack. It is interesting just seeing how they all are different like and like what the advantages the and disadvantages of using each one is. Yeah. There's a large group of weak B1 droids crowding an area. It's never a bad idea to bring out that double blade and start dancing your way through the crowd. It's largely focused on close range damage spread out all around Cal. The downside is that there's a lot of startup time to its attacks, making it definitely makes me think of Jedi Academy. Like you got the yellow stance, yeah. which is like your medium, your there blue stance, which would be the double savers, because uh, it's fast. Like that one was fast in Academy and all. the cards relating to these two stances close to their chests. We do know that one of them is called the crossguard stance and utilizes a hilted lightsaber much like the one that Kylo Ren uses, and the other one is called the blaster stance, which is a fighting style that incorporates both a lightsaber and a blaster. The Harris described the crossguard stance as a high-risk stance that deals the most damage, but is also the slowest and has the least amount of range. So that is one where we wanted the player to feel really I can drop kick. But <laughs> Yeah, a huge risk. Probably more than two. The cross guard one, uh, high risk, high reward. Cool. Understand spacing, because with that stance, we don't artificially push you towards. Oh, end. that was sick, it's dude. Like a, I'm, 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 I'm excited. Bit, I'm so excited for what's for this game. We wanted that stance. To um, be yeah, very, more, very excited. A little more mastery curve there. Damn. Yeah, that finisher move. Ooh, that shit was nice, man. Using a blaster would be a cool opportunity from a story standpoint as well. I know from a story standpoint, we thought it would be really something that reflects the journey that Cal's going through to do something that's unconventional, something that's usually frowned upon for a Jedi, and kind of putting him in, in this circumstance where he's doing whatever it takes in the situation. And, uh, you know, that, that's something that I think through conversations, we were able to really make that work in regards to combat. We wanted something that had more range um, we wanted something that kind of had push and pull to it, where like the way the blaster is designed, it encourages you to use your saber to in order to like re replenish your ammunition on your gun. Like I said, it's almost this rubber band that we're encouraging the player to engage up close so that they can kind of make decisions when they're far away as well. To be clear, this is still a melee combat game. You won't be sniping stormtroopers from a distance with the blaster stance. Not a shooter, obviously, right? You're, it's like a melee gun, kind of. Even though you're really shooting from long range, but there's a limit to it. Um, but we always nice. feed back into that thoughtful combat and kind of how we still want you to hit with the saber. One of the most exciting aspects of these five stances is that they all come with so their many own skill trees. So each stance will have its own set of upgradable skills to help you further develop it. Stances aren't the only thing that have their own skill tree either. There's a tree for force powers and one for survival skills that offer flat oh, increases okay. to your health, force meter, and more. It all amounts to a combat system that offers a ton of flexibility in how you want to build up your own version of Calcestis. You can only equip two stances at a time, but you can change them at every meditation point and adjust your loadout for whatever right. situation That's calls That's good to know. It's exciting yeah. stuff, and I'll go into more so detail you can only have two equipped at a time, but you can always swap them out at a med meditation area. Month. Thanks for watching and for more interesting though. Yeah, that is good to know because I figured sure check out our game. I mean, clip from Kobo along with a breakdown. I, of some I wasn't sure if you'd be able to use them all at once, but like else, I figured you'd be able to use like maybe mold like
maybe at least like three at once. Like you could mm-hmm. probably go from like, because it makes sense, right? Like you could go from like single blade, double blade, two sabers, but you only two at a time. Okay, so you're really gonna have to kind of, you know, decide what is gonna be the best route to go in certain areas and all that. So yeah, interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm. This is my most anticipated game of the year, so I, I can't wait. I'm yeah, I'm I'm real excited. Like uh I haven't followed a lot of information on it. I tend to not to. Like when it comes up on the show, uh usually is when I'll, I'll watch like videos and stuff cuz I I like when I like being able to react with you guys. And two, it's just fun to share in the hype with my with, with DT here. Um yeah. so like I'm I was excited for it, but man, I mean I I I I say in the video. I'm excited for this game. Wait. I'm even more excited than I was before. I was excited before that, you know. Like I'm even more excited. So you're, you're totally right when you're like it reminds me of like Jedi Academy and those those games, right? Because yeah, uh-huh. that game, those games had multiple stances. You had like the the light attack, the medium, and then like the heavy, right? Like I remember just like switching through them and like the using the heavy is so satisfying. Like when you have the fucking decapitation, uh, mm-hmm. or, or you know like the 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 realistic saber combat on and whatnot. Yeah, it's what's, uh, very hype. What's very, very what's hype. cool about this is like this this game's going even beyond that. Where we're gonna have like you're gonna have a, a stance with a, a saber and a blaster pistol. You're gonna have a a, a super heavy cross guard stance. Cross guard, it seems like yeah. yeah, like that's that's pretty cool and really exciting. Um, so I yeah. I can't wait uh, to play it. I I wonder. I wonder how long it's going to be. I, I hope it has a, a new game plus so I can play it again with like all the skills and stuff that kind of unlock and all that stuff, too. I hope they talk about that as the as we get closer. Uh, uh, to release, so. Yeah. All right, we, we got a couple more videos to watch. We got the, the next one here is one for Starship Troopers Extermination, which is another game that I'm looking forward to. I know you are as well. I am. So let's uh let's check it out and see what they got cuz this is another one of those games where uh you know you can play with uh you know it's a co-op FPS so we definitely are fans of this type of stuff. So let's let's check it out. Ready? 3 2 1 a go. You've shown incredible resolve, Trooper, doing your part for the mobile infantry of the Terran Federation. But it's time to take the next step and join take them the bugs down. Deep Space Vanguard. From above as an assault unit. Provide additional cover and suppressing fire as a heavy infantry. Or support troopers with medical aid in critical. This is multiplayer G. Whatever your strengths, but Deep Space Vanguard is the place for you. Once your boots on the ground, the infestation will feel relentless. We'll need you to gather take them bugs out footholds so we can take back colonies for the Federation. Let's get to work, Trooper. We need some defenses here. This is the one where you can have up to 12 players. Is a dead bug. Yeah, I was gonna say this game is up to twelve player co-op. So would you like to know more? (laughs) 
So yes, Jake, it is multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm excited for that. Mostly because I, I like the idea of like... I just want to kill some 12 homies, player you know? co-op yes 12 yeah. players like dt and i talk about it all the time on the show we have a lot of friends they all play games we need more games where we can play all together this is going to be one of those exactly yeah because a lot of them are like there's only four yeah. players you can play with you know or like three other people besides yourself but this one's like yo you get 12 people to kill bugs with you know so mm -hmm. this is very nice like i definitely am looking forward to this uh yeah they have uh they have the steam page up if you want to go wishlist it and all that i already did that uh and yeah you, there's more information on there you can check it out so it's called starship troopers extermination yeah looks definitely looks like a fun 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 game all right josh you ready for the next one i am this is uh, for a game that is coming out here on Thursday. This game, Sons of the Forest, we have an exclusive multiplayer trailer. This game comes out this week on Thursday for early access. But we're going to check out what they got here in this multiplayer trailer. Let's see. Ready? Three, two, one. Let her rip. Or caves to crawl into. I know we said this the last time we watched the one of these videos, but the building looks so much better in this game than it did in the first one. Yeah. Like so much better. Yeah, lighting does look good. I also hope it stays this way. Oh, I was like, why is he just standing there? You get tasered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at him crawl away. Where are you going? Oh, hell no. Oh, look at that nasty thing. Woo. Oh my goodness. That is disgusting. That's some human centipede shit. It's a new enemy type, Baba. That's what that is. We have to go well, back. There you go. Thursday. This is a multiplayer trailer. There it is. I can't wait. That looks so fun and terrifying. For those longtime followers of the channel, like. Hmm. This this was like the game I streamed the most for a long time with Baba and and the others like with DT as well with uh, Jake with a lot of our, our early friends, you know, like we streamed and it was so much fun. Uh, so I can't wait for this. I can't wait for Sons of the Forest 2. Yeah. Or sorry, Sons of the Forest Forest 2. I like how uh, I like how the enemies react as well. Mm -hmm. like you see them like crawling away and stuff like that. Like that's pretty 
pretty cool. You know, you hit somebody with the fucking taser and they just stand there and tip over. <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, sure. it comes out on it comes out on Thursday, man. That's crazy. Very nice. Yeah, I know we're definitely gonna be playing this one too, man. It's gonna mm-hmm. be hype. For sure, for sure. Hype. All right. What's next? All right, Josh. Next up, we have the D- we have a Diablo Four open beta confirmed for March. So they're gonna have a pair of op- playable open beta tests for Diablo Four in March. The developer announced this past Saturday, which is a couple days ago, confirming that early hands-on with the action role-playing game uh, will be available on all platforms. Uh. Players who pre-order Diablo 4 will get early access to the open beta on March 17th to the 19th. The beta will be available for everyone from the 24th to the 26th of the same month. Uh, the open beta and early access weekends will be available on PS4, PS5, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Participants will need a Battle.net account to redeem their beta code. Uh, it will consist of the game's prologue and first act. Players can explore the opening zone, fractured peaks, and level their characters up to 25. The beta will let players uh, take on side quests and clear dungeons beyond the story of Act 1. Progress made during the beta will carry over weekend to weekend during the beta, but not to the full game, uh, Diablo 4 game director Joe Shelley said in an interview with IGN. So, yeah. What do you, what do you think, Josh? Like, for me personally, I never really played the Diablo game, so... I don't have like the kind of like hype or, or you know like expectations that other people do, but like, what do you think? How you I'm about this game so far. I'm I'm really interested in it. I've seen some things. In fact, I added something to the notes. DT the added an intro cinematic that's gonna play for the open beta that we can watch after this. Um, yeah, I think it looks interesting. Uh, uh, I want to see more. Uh, uh, how you feel about Blizzard games is complicated. Uh, they've, they've made some good decisions with the new WoW X-Pack, uh, and there's still a shakeup kind of going on over there. Um, I am, I don't want to put a bit, uh, cautiously optimistic, I guess, is kind of like where, how go. I'm feeling on it. Um, yeah, yeah. uh, one of the, the cool things, let, let's, let's, uh, let's watch this cinematic, uh, trailer. How about that, DT? And then we can talk some more on it. Sure, yeah, well. let's, let's, let's check it out and then we'll, we'll have more to say on it, I guess. All right, so this is a in-game intro cinematic. Uh, it's about a couple. It's like four minutes long, a little less than that. Uh, three, two, one, go. Sanctuary was never meant for humankind. Oh, Baba, well, you're it a cinematic. Was as a refuge from the war between the high heavens and the burning hells. Instead, it became a new battleground in this eternal conflict. A secretive group called the Haradrim has kept mortals safe. But now this once powerful order is a husk of what it was, and Sanctuary's ancient creators have returned to claim the hearts of humankind. 
This is the story of their downfall. One of the things that's exciting about this opening cinematic is they said in multiple cinematics in the game, it's going to show your custom character. So no matter how wacky they look, they're going to be in oh, the wow. cinematic. That's um, cool. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, uh, it is for sure. And that's like one reason I wanted to watch the cinematic too. Because uh, not a lot of other games do that. Mm-hmm. I think I think you'd like Diablo DT um, because it's kind of Path yeah, of Exile probably. without it being as gigantic as Path, not as complicated I would say as Path of Exile. Yeah. That poor horse. That horse dead as hell. what all classes are going to be in this game. Demonic creature. Shit, all right. Yes. So what do you think of that then? You, you haven't I seen think that, right? I have to, I did see it. I did see oh, it. Did. Uh, okay, I, I did watch it before. I forgot to put it in the notes before. That's why I added it in here. Um, I think it looks exciting. I I I want to. I hope I, I want to check out the beta. So I hope I get invited to like the closed one. I know they said they're gonna have an open one too, but I, I want to check that out. I played three a lot. I played three a lot from the moment it came out for those early days. For those of you that remember the fucking errors you would get because it was always online and you couldn't get connected to the servers because it's Blizzard shit and they always still pull this shit when they have games go live. Um, I am interested in it. Uh, I like Diablo. I played uh, I played Diablo three and I don't think I ever played Diablo's one or two. Um, so three was kind of like my first introduction and they changed that game a lot over its lifetime. 
um, from they had a real money auction house in that game when it first launched. DT, you could buy items that people found with real cash. Um, wow. Yeah, or, or you could sell stuff on there. Uh, like I sold stuff on there and made some real money playing that game. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I play. I paid my internet bill with it. I remember. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, well, there you, yeah. there you go, man. I sold an item for like a hundred dollars. No joke. Somebody bought one item for a hundred bucks. I remember that shit. Um, uh, but they eventually took that out. People, there were a lot of reasons people didn't like it. They've changed the game a lot. They kind of do kind of what kind of what Path of Exile kind of does, where they have different seasons and they kind of reset and you make a new character and go through and and stuff like that. Um, I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, the five classes, by the way, I was looking this up because I was like, I can't remember what classes there are. Are Barbarian, which is that is definitely the one in the trailer. Uh, they usually kind of look kind of Conan-esque. They're big, um, bulky. Uh, sorceress, Druid, Rogue, and Necromancers. Um, I think you get, to, you, you get to customize your character. I think they have... You can customize them any way you want. Male, female, skin colors, the whole, the whole shebang. Right, um, all, all, all sorts of customization. Yeah. And uh, if you have to ask me which class I'll, I'll be trying, I'd probably play a Necromancer. I don't know why I always kind of I always pick like if if a necromancer is an option, I will definitely pick it <laughs> to, to to try it out because uh, right. I like the idea of having an army of skeletons or or undead scorpion beasts like Guild Wars and stuff like that. So uh, cautiously optimistic look at Diablo Four. Cool. I guess there'll be people streaming it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had like. Uh, Blizzard's gotten big into like drops. I wouldn't be surprised if they did beta code drops in chat or something like that as well. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, for that. Yeah. And that'll be early access beta will be March seventeenth through the nineteenth, and then open beta will be March twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. All right, DT. What do we got next? Good. All right. Uh, last thing I got here is uh, Liza P is going to be coming out in August. Uh, we had a official release window trailer for IGN FanFest. Uh, so we can check that out if you want to check that out real quick. Yeah, let me get that. Uh, to, to cap off our uh, gaming news for the week. Hang on one second. The video is not wanting to load for me. Come on now, YouTube. Come on, YouTube. Well, sometimes when it's like embedded in an article, it won't play for me. So let me just open it on YouTube. There we go. I think it loaded now. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. You may fire when ready. All right. Let's get it. Three, two, one, go. Neo Wiz, Round Aid Studio. Well, that sounds terrible. A fool craves acceptance, and I am no fool. Look at that thing. Let the masses chatter their empty praises. 
they're ignorant of the truth. Blind to my vision. Yeah, there's a face. Uh, that is a nasty looking thing, that's for sure. Is it not magnificent? This blessing for those who dare seize it. This key to a new paradigm, a new world. Nope. This moment to silence the fools forever. This is Ergo. <laughs> no, no, no. Talk nah. about the uh, fucking horrors and shit. Here we Soon go. They'll praise me. No, they won't. Lies of P. There you go. Dare speak at all. August. 2023. Mm -mm. Nope. So I will not be playing. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Josh, Josh had enough uh, of Elden Ring. He's like, I'm good on this. That's all I needed was right there. That right there. That trailer <laughs> did the opposite of selling the game for me. It ran me off. That that doesn't say I think it looks bad. I think it looks fine. It's just it's creepy and scary. Right, right, right. I get you. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that is our gaming news, man. So we can. I, I our TV news is gonna be real quick. There's only two things on here. Yeah, so. let's let's hit it. So let's run that. Let's run that real quick. Let's hit it. All right. So the first thing we have here for our TV news is we have a season three premiere date for Ted Lasso, and they dropped the first teaser. Yes, sir. So there's there's a little teaser here we can check out. I I can't wait to watch this. I love first two seasons. Uh, it's gonna be twelve episodes here in in season three. So I'm excited. Let's Dang. check it out, Josh. I'm ready. All right, three, two, one, go. Ew. Don't put what it in your doing, mouth. Jamie? Football is live. It is. Everybody's making their own believe. All right. I figured that's kind of what it was going to be. Mm. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Cred, yes. Well, if seeing is believing, I believe we've been seen. March fifteenth. So that is like three weeks away, basically, man. Yeah. Three weeks away. It's, I'm 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 very excited. I can't. I'm wait. excited. I love Ted Lasso. 
Like love first it, two seasons. Such a great, fun, wholesome show, man. Even if you're not into into the football, it's still a good, mm-hmm. uh, a good, a good series, man. Very good fun. Yeah, Tetris. Definitely strongly recommend to everybody out there. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a show we got to watch with Baba and Dan and all and some of our other friends. So I'm excited to get to get back together with them for that one last ride. Yeah, season three will consist of twelve episodes. Uh, says the description of the season, premiering on Wednesday, March fifteenth. Uh, new episodes dropping weekly thereafter. Uh. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get, get the band back together again, uh, for at least one more season. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, the other thing I have here is also an Apple TV thing here. Shockingly, both the two things for our uh, for our uh, TV news this week are both Apple TV things, and this is gonna be for the the Tetris show. Uh. Official trailer for the Tetris show on Apple TV. We have, or it's a film rather. Uh, so maybe this shouldn't be in TV, but hey, whatever. We're it's fine. Anyway, so we'll talk about it now because after, right after this, we're going to talk about movies news. So yeah. Uh, Apple TV official trailer for Tetris. We got Taron Egerton. So let's check it out. Three, two, one, go. Tetris. 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 It's the perfect game. Damn you, trailer. Oh, that's that, that what that oh my god. Yeah. That's terrible. I played for five minutes. I still see falling blocks in my dreams. It's poetry, art and math, all working in magical synchronicity. It's it's the perfect game. Tetris? Tetris. 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 I have to say. I don't get it. It is weird listening to him talk in this accent after seeing him as a fucking Eggsy and uh, Kingsman. This game isn't just addictive. It stays with you. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Hank, only ten other people in the world have seen what you're about to see. It's called the Game Boy. Package it with Tetris. Can you get us the rights? The Soviet Union had worldwide rights. Nothing gets out easily. I'm gonna go to Moscow. You're walking into a country that still considers America enemy numero uno. Okie dokie. Uh, not she much has changed. Your wife about this first. Pioneers have to bet the house to win. Not literally. Listen. Have you ever heard our apartment this quiet before? This is the inventor of Tetris. Your game is brilliant. I'm gonna make you a millionaire. Mr. Rogers, have you ever negotiated with the Soviets? We're here for Tetris. What do you say? I don't speak Russian. <laughs> the most powerful man in Communist Party is watching you and your family. Do you know where your husband is? What the hell is going on? The world is changing, and Soviet Union will not be left behind. You want to play with the big boys? This is how the world works. Where is my money? This is insane. We can't protect you. Sometimes you gotta forget the rules. This is criminal. 
Soviet Union is about to implode. They're lying. Everybody's lying. Go home. The cavalry is coming. We don't have time. I have a plan. Oh, come on. You guys are the kings of cliffhangers. Not the bad. All right, so that was my first time watching this, and I gotta say that shit's a lot more intense than I thought it was gonna be for a Tetris uh, fucking <laughs> right? trailer. But that actually looks pretty good, man. I actually want to watch that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it if you're sure. Uh, it's uh, releasing March 31st, so about a month away. Damn, yeah, that's uh, that looks pretty good. I hadn't seen that till just now, so that is uh, some good, good stuff. Definitely, we'll be checking that out when I can. But uh, yeah, that is uh, that is our that portion of the news. If you want to move on to the next one, let's hit I mean, the movie news. Are, basically, already are after that, but you know, yeah. Let's get into it. So we have our first look at uh, Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn in this. Uh, picture posted on instagram by todd phillips for valentine's day uh he posted it on valentine's day and he says happy valentine's day and it's just a picture of Joaquin phoenix as the joker and lady gaga as harley quinn so yeah we, we get our first look at you know them together here okay guys just trying uh, to get a good version for you there we go So there it is. Harley Joker for the second Joker movie. All right. I still like this movie is going to be I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I I really like the first one. Mm-hmm. That was really good. This one, I, I'm not sure how like they're they're leaning towards more of a like a musical kind of direction for it. I don't I don't anticipate the whole thing being that way, but there will be kind of like there obviously will be musical stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like like you know obviously it looks like we're gonna be like an Arkham, and I just wonder like how much of that, how much of the movie is gonna be spent there. You know, like I, I there's all these questions that I have about the second movie, but I, you know, hopefully when we get a trailer eventually, whenever that is, which I would imagine that we'll get a trailer at some point this year because the movie's supposed to release October of 2024, so kind of latish next year, but I imagine at least this year maybe we'll get like a teaser at some point. And you know, yeah. next year obviously we'll get like a that proper trailer or whatever. But yeah, interesting. I'm 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 very curious about the second one because like I said, I love the first one and we're going in a kind of a different direction on, on this next one. But yeah, there's our first look at that at those two and uh you know Lady Gaga is uh, is Harley, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh next up 
We have some casting news for Deadpool 3. The Crown star Emma Corrin has been cast joining Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman in the movie. Uh, Ryan Reynolds announced on Twitter, new addition to the family, the Deadpool family for clarity, uh, which is just like a real family except with less wearing. Welcome, Emma Corrin. Uh, the character details are not revealed, but it is, it is expected. Uh, but it is believed that to be the villain. So Emma Corrin is likely to be the villain. Uh, they're best known for the crown as Princess Diana, but they've also done other things such as the Batman prequel TV show Pennyworth, uh, amongst other things. Um, so cool. Sweet. I don't know who they're gonna play, but uh, they're a part of the Deadpool verse now, so we'll see what happens. I just think it's like interesting or not interesting i just think it's funny that for all the deadpool related news it's basically like ryan reynolds going on twitter and being like you know here's this video that hugh jackman and i filmed or here's you know this casting news or you know any any news about the deadpool movies basically just ryan reynolds as opposed to like having a official like deadpool account or you know whatever however else they try to say which i think is also kind of cool and makes sense you know kind of Kind of adds to the break in the fourth wall thing of, of Deadpool, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Moving on, uh, we have some Disney live action news. Zach Galifianakis is going to be starring in the live action Lilo and Stitch movie. Uh, Dean Fleischer Camp, the filmmaker behind the Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, is directing this movie. Uh, and yeah, Zach Galifianakis is going to be uh, or close the deal with uh, Disney and, and for the Lilo and Stitch movie. Uh, the details of his role are being kept under wraps. But we can kind of maybe if you've seen the movie, I would say you can probably maybe take a, a jab at who he's going to gonna be playing. Um, but yeah, there, there's a, as far as I've heard, there hasn't really been like a whole lot of like casting for, for this one yet. I know they're still trying to find like Lilo and like the sister, you know, that was like one of the last things I heard about as well. Yeah. Uh, casting wise. Cause you know, you gotta get, uh, like a a pair of actresses that work well together and you know they're obviously Hawaiian so got to got to go that route um but yeah I haven't heard any like this is like I think the first like actual casting that I want to say that we've gotten for this movie um yeah yeah. yeah, I I found it kind of weird that they announced him, and then it's like, well, it, like he's not the, the main star. The main, like, yeah, yeah you know uh, what I mean. Like, and yeah, I was no, also I like, I'm also not a big Zach Galifianakis fan, to be quite honest with you. So I was like lukewarm on it. I was like, ah, 
okay, whatever, whatever I guess. How do you feel uh, but, about the uh, the Lilo and Stitch movie though? Like, I love the movie. Right? I I right. I enjoy the movie. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I I really like the the OG movie, but. I don't know. It just felt it just felt kind of weird <laughs> that it was like yeah, no, I understand because they it's like it's like we they cast him but we don't know his who and like he's you know I'm kind of with you. I'm not like the biggest fan of him either. Like I want to say the biggest thing I know him from is like The Hangover, and I don't even really like those movies that much. You know? Yeah. Uh, I oh I, I saw him in Birdman as well, but like yeah, he's just I don't know. He's kind of with you on that though, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, anyway, moving on to the next thing here, we have a couple of John Wick, uh, chapter four stuff. Um, oh, I thought I was gonna sneeze, but I didn't. Okay, uh, so we have the runtime revealed, and then we also have a new official trailer that was released. So we'll be okay. checking both of them out. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the runtime first. So the 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 first. So the runtime has been revealed. Uh, the fourth installment of the Gunfu franchise is going to be clocking in at two hours and forty nine minutes, and this includes credits. So it'll be the longest one in the franchise. And in an interview with Collider, Chad Stileski promised that it would they would be the longest in the franchise. And uh, it looks like he did follow through with that. Uh, so it was revealed last summer that John Wick Chapter 4 will see the titular John Wick character take on his most lethal adversaries yet, with the price on his head ever-increasing takes the fight against the high table global as he seeks the most powerful players in the underworld from New York to Paris to Osaka to Berlin. Um, yeah, let's uh, check out this trailer here then because we do have that to watch. So let's go ahead and check that out. This is the final trailer for John Wick Chapter 4, which we're going to be watching in 3, 2, one go. This hit goes out to you, Mr. Wick. Woke up this morning. 42 regular, wasn't it? Yeah. And so it begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living in this time behind enemy lines, so I got mine. I hope you challenge you to single combat. If you win. We'll have your freedom. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so... Amen. Yeah. You ain't real, hold ya. Y'all feel the wrath of the devil. Many try, many die, but you wanna walk. Get it bloody. Survival, you're eager. The only way John Wick will ever have freedom and peace is in death. Yeah, not really. <laughs> 
So I had already reacted to this. Mm. Do you want to see my my initial thoughts on it? Go check, go to my YouTube and check that out. It's on there. But Josh, was this your first time watching this one? It is the first time I've seen this trailer. All right, so and, there you uh, go. This is Josh's first time watching it. What do you think, man? What do you, what do you, what do you got to tell the people about this one? I love John Wick. I'm excited to go to the movies and watch this because that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, I don't think I've watched a single John Wick in theaters. I always wait for him to come out. I'm going to go see this one in the theaters. Uh, and look, they're they're kind of safe movies. You know what you're getting when you go in. You're going to have a good action packed yeah. time. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, 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 yeah. I'm I'm just excited for it. So that's what that's those are my initial thoughts. Are can't wait to go see it. Yeah, that looks fantastic. Dude, the cast is crazy, man. There's like at one point during this trailer, there's a shot where there's like just an abundance of like talent in one shot, and you're like, damn, mm -hmm. all these people, all these guys are in this movie. It's at like the the 25 second mark. You're like, wow. You got Clancy Brown, fucking Bill Skarsgård, Keanu, Donnie Yen. You're like, man, this is crazy. Ian McShane, like, you're like, well, this is, look at all these guys. They're all in this movie. It's going to be great. And fucking Hiroyuki Sonata's in this too. Like, man, so good. Can't, can't wait. Alrighty, but we have one last thing. If you're done, Josh, on that, you have nothing else to say on it. We got one last I'm thing good. to get to here. Uh, we have Disney pushing the uh, release date of the Marvels out of the summertime and into the fall. So we got some shifts. Uh, Marvel Studios, the Marvels, is like I said, coming out of summer and going into fall. Starring Brie Larson. It will now open November 10th, push back from its previous July 28th date. And they're also moving a Haunted Mansion into, the, into that previous spot that the Marvels had, July 28th, from August 11th. So they're moving the Marvels down time and then pushing up uh, the Haunted mansion uh and yes josh has the poster there for the marvels yeah we got uh we got them all together there higher further faster together so we got uh all three of them all three of the marvels right there november 10th with the new release date there at the bottom um very cool. I like uh, I like the colors of this poster. Yeah, I do like the poster. It's a good poster. It's uh it's it's pretty cool, I have to say. Yeah. Very, very nice. So yeah, that's uh one of the uh another just another switch in the in the mix of things, you know? 
but yeah, that'll uh, that'll do it for our uh, news for this week. That's the news, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. Not a super long one. Uh, or at least I don't need a super long one. We'll be right back. And then we will get into the world building for today. We'll probably do, Dude. I don't know, maybe an hour, hour world building. And then that'll probably be it for the show. So don't go anywhere, guys. Or get up, take your breaks. We'll be right back. Right after this, I'll put some music on for you. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I told y'all it'd be a quick little break. But we're back. It is time for our main topic of the show, which will be our D&D world building. And I have a PDF open here. And I'll probably let DT pick what we do here. I'll give you kind of what we got open. I got the uh, the, the the sheet open, our spreadsheet. Um, All right. So let's see here. Uh, so I'm using I, I I bought a new PDF. Uh, a week uh, two or two ago called Worlds Without Number, which is kind of like Stars Without Number. It's a it's a game that you can play that's kind of like D&D and tabletop, but I thought it would be kind of cool to um, build some courts, DT, for like uh, so one of our starting areas, if you want to do that. Um, so here's what it says in this PDF. Uh, actually, before we start with all this, we should probably talk about what this is, because just in case somebody's joining us for the first time, I don't know what it is. Guys, yeah. uh, eight parts ago, <laughs> DT yeah. and I were talking... And uh, we love tabletop RPGs. We call this D&D world building, but really what it is, is just tabletop RPG world building. Um, yeah, exactly. And we started off with like. Almost, we started off with nothing. All right. And we have over eight now parts, seven previous to this one. It built up two starting areas, uh, a setting info, some factions, some bad guys. Some quests and some politics uh, over seven parts previous of this world that we've started that we just call Clockwork Land for fun. Um, so we have a spreadsheet that DT and I share. We work on it together whenever we do these. Um, I can show it to you guys in the chat. I think you can see it. I got I it open right now. We, we just call it Clockwork Land. And like Josh was saying, it's something that we had been that we've been working on for a couple of years now, right? Because we, we started like part one, like I want to say like at least two years ago, right? So it's been a couple of years that we've been kind of like slowly adding additions onto this. So we have like setting information. We got like some of the continents and their starting areas and. Know, factions, bad guys. We did some like quests and stuff, and uh, we got some of the politics going on. So, what are you? What is the? Uh, what's the next thing we're gonna be doing, okay. Josh? So, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna do some courts. Now, I'm gonna read just the uh, the article specifically on what courts are. Okay, it says a court is shorthand for a particular group 
of NPCs tangled in a mutually shared enterprise. It could be a classic noble court, a large business, a patriarch-led familial clan, uh, a di or a dynasty, a temple with its clergy, a magistrate's bureaucratic office, or any other circumstances where a normal uh, where a number of significant NPCs have to work with each other, while perhaps having contrary goals and ambitions. Uh, court tags are used to provide intrigue-based adventures and help a GM manage the complexity of di designing and running a more socially or more socially oriented challenges. When the GM needs to generate a social situation that can't be readily solved with swords, these tables and tags can provide the basic outlines for them. So five different types of courts are sketched on the following pages. The major figures for each provide a list of potential significant players in the court's intrigue. A GM should generally pick a role, three such figures to act as major foci of plots and schemes. Minor figures can be used to fill out NPCs necessary for delivering adventure hooks local color, or agents of the major figures. Each major figure has some sort of power source that makes their opinions and wishes relevant to the court's actions. They can't be wholly neutralized until they're either killed or their power source is eliminated, and their former, the former may not be a feasible option for their rivals or the PCs. Courts are synonymous with intrigue and plotting, and the table of potential and internal or external problems the court face can be used as seeds of conflict, if we're inspiring these secret strobes. The court tags you generate for the group can flavor these results, or you can synthesize an implicit crisis in the tag with one of the results to create hybrid situations. It may be that this conflict is merely the most immediate manifestation of a large-scale problem represented by the court tags. In all cases, a GM should be careful to provide some reason why immediate brute force violence is not the smartest solution for the problem. Killing major figures might bring down the kind of uh, social heat that even notoriously cold-blooded adventurers avoid. It's very likely that rivals in their, in their court conflict don't actually want them dead, particularly if the court represents a normal clan, family clan, or business. The rewards and enticements offered by a court for resolving its problems should tie in with the society or community it inhabits. A far-flung rural clan might not have much in the way of practical wealth, but if they got a cousin in every village, the chance to get a helpful local guide might be worth more than simple coin. A noble family might never be able to openly admit their association with coarse PCs, but their client families might all have very ruminative work for the heroes. So we have, I have a list here of many courts. And DT, what I think we're going to do is I'm going to count. I need to make a new... Uh, tab for one thing that I'm going to move at the end and we're going to call it courts I guess it technically could fit in politics but we're just going to call it courts um, courts Boom. and we're going to put it in its own tab instead of under one of the starting areas that way we'll have the court and then we can assign that court to whichever tab it goes to so it might be a court that's located in the Jukara starting area for example um sure. So what we're going to do is we're going to roll. I'm going to have you roll, DT, so I hope you have some dice handy. So uh, If not, you can get a digital roller as well. That will be perfectly fine. Yeah. One, two. That's all I'm going to do today. I'm going to do digital dice because I don't have them handy right now. I was been moving a few things here 
background. No, I got you. They're they're kind of not doing justice, but we can for sure roll some digital dice. All right. Okay. So what are we rolling? First thing I want you to roll is a d6 for me. D6. Alrighty. Here we go. We're rolling. I got a three. All right. One, two, three. This is going to be a criminal court. Oh, boy. So we're going to put a criminal court. Boom. And It says, gangs, secret societies, and degenerate villainous cults and other groups of organized rebels against society laws are represented as criminal courts. These groups stand, these groups all stand in opposition to some generally accepted principle or code of laws, though many may be tactically normalized in places. Substantial criminal enterprises all exist in some sort of relationship with the society around them. Perhaps the locals accept them as an unpleasant inevitability. Uh, or they're too dangerous for secular rulers to meddle with to meddle with them, or they prey on a population that the authorities are indifferent to. This acceptance can vanish rapidly if the court seems to present a real threat to the government's control. However, given their outlaw status, the common populace is unlikely to have any concerns about their brutal and extrajudicial suppression. So the first thing we're going to type up is DT. Do you have a D12? Let us look at their primary mode of crime. So go ahead and give me a D, uh, D12 roll. All right. Let's roll here. All right. We got nine. We got a nine. So loans, they give out high rates and harsh collections, so they are loaned. Loans. Oh boy. Giving high rate and harsh collection. All right. And I haven't used a spreadsheet in so long. I will worry about getting it. Looking at correct later here we go um next up dt oh so i'm, I'm gonna bold these that way we know that those kind of fit under the same thing next up we need some people of the court so go ahead and right. uh roll me a d12 this will be for a major figure all right three three major figure a brutal knee breaker. Oh man. Let's get like th we'll get three uh major figures. How about that? Um right. go ahead and give uh, me another D12. Uh yep. seven. Seven. Sorry, I, I forgot. I was in the middle of typing, talked to you, and then forgot to finish typing like an idiot. Uh <laughs> you said you got a seven. Seven, yes. We have a corrupt magistrate. And then give me one more roll. This will be our last one. Another one we got a 10. An outcast sorcerer. Oh, man. So these are a... Interesting cast of characters here. Yes. So let's see their source of their power in this court, DT. So go ahead and give me 
Another D12 roll. Alright. This will be for the brutal knee breaker first. Five. Put source of their power in the court. You said five. Yes. The brutal knee breaker breaker's source of power is they've seduced the court's leadership. So this brutal knee breaker is in bed with whoever's in charge. Man. So go ahead and give me another roll DT for the corrupt magistrate. Let's see where their source of power comes from. We'll re-roll any doubles as well if they come up. A four. A four. They have blackmailed their way mm. uh, about the court's leadership. So that's how they're a major figure. They're, they probably know about the secret affair, DT. And that's, they're blackmailing you know, the leader. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, yo, they, they work so perfectly hand in hand. Here, yeah, that, that's that's like perfect. Like they know about the the fucking knee breaker and, and you know, they're like yo, I know about you, motherfucker. Like you better. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, DT. Right, one more roll. I got is a say no nine. A nine. Yes. This one says they're personally terrifying and capable of murder. This person is so scary that it they it gives them power. Like they are that powerful. Uh-huh. Imagine you are such a powerful figure, man. That's that's uh, that's uh, probably why they're scary. an outcast sorcerer, huh? Right? Like, yeah, I could see him like. There's a lot of ways you could go with this. Well, we might even build out these characters into little bad guys later using that other book, DT. Uh, okay, now we need some minor figures, some little underlings. We'll probably do three of those. DT, right. if you want to give me a, a roll for those. What do I need to continue with D12? D12, yes, sir. I think everything going roll. forward is a D12. Okay. We got an eight. An eight, we have a would-be client. So there is a... Like uh, uh, a would be like loan taker, I guess, would be like uh, somebody trying to get a loan from these people. The, these the script, the Sopranos trying to get yeah. a, a, a loan from the Sopranos. Um, yeah. uh, let's do we can roll sources of power for them as well. Why not? Why not? So sure. DT, if you yeah. want to roll me another D12. Uh, uh, we'll put minor source of power here. Ten. Ten. Is their charisma has gotten them a lot of supporters. So this guy is uh like just some somebody that's just really good at talking, right? And he's kind of made friends with people within this organization. It's really close with. So it kind of gives him a little bit of power within this criminal organization. Alright, DT, give me another D12 for a minor figure in this particular one. A disreputable priest. Oh, man. We have a minor disreputable priest. What is the disreputable priest's minor, or sorry, their source of power? Uh, 12. They have numerous criminal allies elsewhere. That makes sense, if you think about it. The church probably goes all over this continent that we're on, whichever one it is. 
And they've probably made connections with the criminal underworld of other criminal courts. With other families. Alright, DT. Give me another D12 for this last minor figure. Yeah, we got a six. We have a cooperative innkeeper. So they probably run a an establishment with which the court frequents, I would say. So DT, let's see what the source of their power is. Give me another D12. We got a three. A three. They have a powerful or useful magical device. What could they possibly have, DT? We'll have to figure that out at some point in the future. Powerful or useful magical device. Yeah, interesting. Indeed. All right, next up, we're going to have some eternal internal conflicts, DT. All right. Let's see what these are going to be. So this will be one coming from inside. Go ahead and give me a... I am failing at spelling conflicts for some reason. All right, another another uh, roll. Let's do it. Yes, sir. We got a 10. Seems to be getting a, a lot 10. of books. So members are employing magic against rivals is what we have here. So maybe there's some... Maybe magic brings on too much heat from the outside uh, forces of wherever this town... Or sorry, this... Uh, this court is located, right? Whatever, whatever city they're in. Maybe yeah. you don't want to be going out throwing fireballs at people and murdering them, okay? I already see the outcast sorcerer here making moves, all right? He's getting ingrained in with this other crime family, this crime family. He's getting them, he's kind of getting people on his side, right? With this internal power struggle. And he's trying to exert influence. And his followers are starting to use some of that magic. And it's 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 gonna get out of hand real quick, possibly. Maybe he's the one that gave the innkeeper uh, that powerful, useful magical device. Damn sure it could be. All right, DT. Um, let us also roll an external conflict. This will be something from without the family, not from within the family, but from without the family. Yeah. So All some right. outside Got source. A nine. A nine? Yes. So a court faction of some kind that we haven't made yet is getting support from one of this family's, this court's, hostile family rivals. So maybe there's another crime family uh, feeding information to maybe some local peacekeepers or a family clan or the rulers, feeding them information about this particular uh, crime family. So there it is, guys. That's it. That's, this is literally how you do a court. This is a court complete. Obviously, we could build it out with names and characters, but I think what we're going to do for today, DT, is that we're just going to make a couple courts. How yeah, about it? We got, we've made this we'll, first, we'll make several. first go. Just have a few, yeah. yeah. So let's go ahead and start with another one, shall we? So go ahead yes. and give me another... D6 roll, so we could pick a court. It might be another crime court. That would be fun. You got an 11. Sorry, a D6, not a D12. Oh, my bad. D6. You good? Hmm. Although got a happen. 4. What's One, a 4? 1, 2, 3, 4. 
So we have a fem, familial, cl family clan court. That's how I'm going to say it. I can't say words today, guys. Familial. Is <laughs> yeah, familial. I'm having a hard time saying familial for some fucking reason. Um, I'm missing a tooth. Cut me some slack. <laughs> uh, it says uh, wherever masses of humans can be found, there will always be found those large, influential, extended families that play outsized outsized roles in the community's lives. These major families might be characterized by a shared ethnic background, a tradition of some important skill, or an intensely cooperative clannishness in the face of outside rivals. These tables can be used to flesh out the leading families of a farming village, the not-quite-so-gentry of a major city, or the tribal bands of barbaric wilderness-dwelling folk. While these carts, uh, sorry, while these courts are assumed to be uh, subordinate to some local ruler, they have enough resources and members to be a problem for nobles that might mean that might that mean to trample them carelessly. The power and ability to protect their neighbors' interests is often what brings them to prominence in their own country. So this will be, um. Well, this will be a different D12. It'll be like, what is their relations with their neighbors? And I'll change that on here. Um, okay. So give me a D12, DT. All right. D12. Let's do that. We got a seven. All right. Seven is they are feared for past acts or present threats. So their neighbors fear them. Actually, I'll just copy paste. How about that? That'll make it easier than fucking typing. Boom. All right, DT, let's get some major figures in this son of a gun. Who we got? Let's Who are major it. peoples in this court? We got an 11. We have a stern traditionalist. Somebody that's okay. all about tradition. Want to give me a next roll? Sir, let's do it. We got an eight. An eight, we have an outsider spouse. Somebody that's married into the family. And one more role. And we got a 12. We have a young fosterling. Somebody's being fostered by this prominent clan. All right, DT, let's, let's find out what the source of their powers are in this let's family. Do it. All right, let's, let's roll it. We got a... Five? Five. They have extensive contacts in other families. That sounds like it would be kind of... That would go with the stern traditionalist, I feel like. Although that could also fit for the outsider spouse. What do you think, DT? Where should we put this one? Um, I think... Uh, let's, let's roll the other two, and then we'll kind of see from there, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to just write these down so we have them. Yeah. Just we can keep move that them. there, and then maybe we can move around. Because, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but, like, maybe mm -hmm. maybe it'll make sense to keep it there. But, like, okay. yeah, let's roll these other ones. We got an eight. They're an intimate of the local ruler. So, like, uh, somebody close with them, I guess, is kind of what it means. Um, And one more. And then we got a four. 
They have considerable blackmail on their peers. Okay, DT. I mean, I think I think that seems pretty accurate. What do you think? Yeah. I think well what's nice about it is that they could literally slot into any <laughs> any of it because it's all on the same table, right? And it's just yeah. kind of like, how would you want this to be as we build this kind of family? But that fits. If we want to go with that, then it's fine with me. So yeah. if we want to roll up some minor figures, we can do that. Let's do it. I'll roll them up now. So we got a 11. We got a tenant farmer. Hmm. Next roll. Got a seven. We got a house servant. And an eight. We got a secret lover. Oh. Spicy. Well, uh, indeed, that, Our, that's going to be interesting. Indeed. DT, go ahead and give us some sources of power here. We Let's see six. what we got. They a own a great amount of personal wealth. Will be the first one. You said a five? Five, yeah. That is, they have extensive contacts. Do you want to re-roll that, or we can use it? Yeah, the we'll, we'll re-roll it. The other okay. one I got was, was two. And then They are the heir to the chief bloodline of the clan. Oh, I'm putting that under the secret lover. <laughs> yeah, and then three was the other one. Three. They're best at the skill of profession this clan practices. Yeah, okay, that works out. Oh, that secret lover's juicy. I love that. It, it is. <laughs> They're the heir to the chief bloodline of the clan. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that is That has potential for some craziness right there. It do, it do. Uh, all right, let's see some problems some at the court. Yeah, so let's see an eternal conflict. Internal conflict. Uh, we got a 12. Well, the leader is betting on a is betting a bit with betting big on a risky and unpopular scheme. And give me an external one. What is coming from without? DT. We got a five. Five. There's a running feud with another family. Oh my God! This is Romeo Juliet, bro. I mean, kinda, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the family court. That's kind of crazy. I love how easy this is. Uh, mm -hmm. All right, DT, let's do another one. Let's we could pick one. Let's pick one this time instead of rolling because we're kind of gonna get we can do double. So we got. We could do an aristocratic court. We could do a business court. We could do a criminal court again. We could do another family, fam familial court. Yes. Or we could do a religious court. If you want to pick one of those, or if you want to roll again, leave it up to fate. Uh, I want to do one that we haven't done already. Okay, so, so so we've done criminal familiar. I want to do some something else. So we have just, aristocratic, just to kind of keep them different, you know. No, I got you. Uh, religious. 
So we got religious, aristocratic, or business. Let's do uh let's do aristocratic. Aristocratic. The courts represent noble houses, monarch. Monarch courts or other combined places of governmental power and exalted lineage. They have a great deal of secular power over some part of the region and their wishes must be respected by the common folk or resisted with considerable effort. Very few elites could afford to rule with complete indifference to the opinion of others, however. These courts will usually be seeking alliances with other aristocratic houses, cooperation from rich merchants, and blessings from important local faiths. In a stable region, their chief rivals will be other aristocratic courts. When the area is in turmoil or the social order is in flux, they might find themselves facing powerful commoner clans, ambitious religious organizations, or rich merchants willing to provide reliable order to society. So I made two more slots on the right so you don't have to scroll down you just scroll to the right yep i got you thank you for that then you and then you can just you can just edit stuff as as need be i already put aristocratic one up top uh so you can just you know change the yep i got you i appreciate you you doing that my friend all right so well d6 right is the first one yeah we're gonna do our main theme of the court what is the main theme of this court all right, so we're going to run it here. Let's see what we get. We got a... We got a one. A one. The main theme of this court is treachery, an air of suspicion oh. and mistrust. Oh, man. Well, this court's off to a great start. <laughs> uh, let's roll three major figures in this court. All right, three major figures. We got... Uh, one is going to be a number two. An ornamental, ornamental spouse. All right. Next one is going to be a ten. A ten. We have a senior relative. And one and more. The next one is a eleven. This will be a Cadet Branch Lord. Cadet Branch Lord. What a title. Yeah, so it would be like... Oh, um, uh, I have to look up how Cadet, cadet Branches work. It's been a while. They're kind of like a spinoff, but they still have power within like the main branch of the house. Like it's a tree, right? And then it kind of branches off and they have their own house. It's um, kind of how it is. It comes up in Crusader Kings 3 a lot. Um... But let's see the source of these uh, of their power in the court, shall we? So go ahead and give me right. some D12s. So we got a. Uh, let's see, we have first one is a five. Five. The others fear violence or brutality from them. Dang. Okay. Next one is a. Six. Six. They have a special relationship with the nation's ruler. Makes sense for that one. And then the last one is a nine. Nine. 
They have they they have a very effective spy ring in their service. Wow, that fits in real good for that, that treachery shit. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, man, some of these are like so perfect the way they're they're, they're, yeah. they're working out here. All right, let's All roll right, up some mining. All right, so we got a twelve. They are a spy for a rival. Oh shit! So a spy for a rival. Wow, I can't believe we're getting up all this spy shit with the treachery fucking. <laughs> we got a seven for the next one. A hired assassin. Wow, what the fuck? There's a hired assassin. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have worked out better. The last one is a ten. Ten. Uh, this one's a little problematic, but we'll put it in here. Pleasure slave. They do exist. Um. So let's go ahead and uh, give us some sources of power DT Got for the miners. Number two. Two. They control a large chunk of the court's income sources. That's trouble if you got a the spy that has that. that. Yeah. Okay. And then what's next? Let's see what we're getting next. A ten. They provide intimate services to an intimate, uh, oh, sorry, an important person. I'm gonna put that well, one under the. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that one. We put the last one, and then <laughs> and then number eight, and then eight. We got eight. Number eight. Everyone acknowledges their skill and brilliance. <laughs> hey, look at that. What what am I what am I saying, dude? These these are working out. <laughs> Perfect. It's true. Excellent. Let's get to these conflicts then. All right. Yeah, let's do it. What is our Number internal six. conflict? Six. Someone is skimming off income due others in the court. Gee, I wonder who that is. Right? <laughs> Couldn't be the spy for the rival now, could it? Not who because they control, control a large chunk. Of a large chunk of the court's income sources. Whoa. Couldn't be him. What's uh, an external conflict, my friend? <laughs> We got a number eight. Eight. The local ruler has levied a harsh gift on the court. So somebody is like, give us this fucking money. What you got? So, uh, so far, I feel like this particular aristocratic house is, uh, I don't think I'd want to be in this one. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, this is... Right? This is like some this is like some house Harkonnen shit in this house. This is this is them. This is the Harkonnens. Uh, Crazy. But yeah, oh, the next time we do world building after this, we should build out each person in this fucking. Oh, yeah, fucking uh, courts. All right, let's move on to a business court. It says yep. here. Business courts. These courts can be used to detail powerful merchant houses, business compines, or even ambitious new enterprises that play a significant role in a community. Business courts provide at least one product or service to people around them, one important enough or expensive enough to give them considerable influence. Given the state of most nations, every major merchant expects the local rulers to try and take his profits and claim his property sooner or later. 
The idea of property rights independent of the desires of the ruling class is not familiar. It's not a familiar one most places. The main defense a business court has is to be more valuable to the rulers intact than dismembered. Some emphasize heavy ties with local authorities, while others in wilder lands make themselves too dangerous or too vital to destroy with impunity. Alright. DT, what is the relations with their market? Oh, I already rolled it. It's a six. They are admired. They are well-loved by their customers. Oh, look at that. That's, that's nice for a change, right? Everything else is, like, fucked up so far. <laughs> All right. What are some major figures in this uh, in this court? This business got a nine. court. Nine. Nine. We got the owner's heir. Okay. We got an eleven. A spouse or lover. And a one. The business owner himself. I see a lot of room for conflict just in these three figures here if, if something happens, but we'll see. Let's see the yeah. source of their power, DT. Source of power. We got a eight. Their relatives make up a lot of the workers. Kind of makes sense. Family. Oh. We got a two. They fronted the initial investment money. Then we got a six. They have ties to an important local faith. Hmm. All right, let's do some minor figures in this court. All right, first one we got is a nine. We have a street informer. We got a one. An angry former customer. And a four. Four. An expensive courtesan. Now, and let's sources, sources of, power. of power. Let's see what we, we got. got. Three. They've had the idea that made the business work. And we got a 11. They have vital connections with important suppliers. Oh, dear. Not the That's angry not former customer. Uh-oh. Right? And then a one. One. They own rights to a critical part of the business. Well, I can see issues with, with these minor figures, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That angry former customer is like my per my favorite. It's like he come in, he's like, I'm going to buy something. Somebody pisses him off, right? And he's like, guess what? I have vital connection with your suppliers, bro. You're yeah. fucked. Let me yeah, talk to the me. manager. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, boy. All right. Eternal, internal conflicts. What do we got? Three. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. A critical resource for making the good is running out. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> and then we got yeah. an eight for the external. Uh, 
they're trying to swallow a rival business is what it has so they're trying to overtake another business i can definitely see some conflicts in here but also possibly some good things in here so be interesting to build them out a little bit more All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right, DT. Um. So how many how many courts were there in that? Uh, in that. Oh, there's uh, there's five. Are there? So there's, there's so five we courts. So we might as well do the the, the last, the last one, one, right? Yeah. So here's what it says. For religious courts, it says. Temples, monasteries, seminaries, secret cults, or strictly secular academic institutions can all be represented by a religious court. So don't think of it as like uh, gods. It could also be like cults. It could be uh, academic institutions like schools. Um, it says, wherever a combination of intellectual rigor, obscure practice, and less than tangible community services are found, these courts can provide structure. Religious courts exist in the context of a larger faith, though they may not strict be strictly subordinate to any outside cleric, depending on the structure of the religion. Whether independent or obedient to a bishop, however, they are undoubtedly under at least some pressure to cooperate with the local government. Any organization with money, sorry, with the money, popular influence, and land holdings held by a major temple is going to have to come on some kind of terms with the local ruler. Minor shrines and remote monasteries may be, the, may be able to avoid the worst of the exactions. So, let's go ahead and zoom in here. DT has been kind enough to take care of the, the spreadsheet for me. Making, uh, making the, the, the slots. Thank you, sir. All right. What is their relations with the larger faith, DT? Go ahead and give All us right, a... So let's roll a D6. A D, as it, this will be a D12. Oh, D12. Okay. It is a 8. An 8. Pioneering, a new missionary establishment. So they are kind of new on the block. Who are some major figures in this court, DT? All right. I'm going to give you all three numbers right away, right? Gotcha. Yeah. An 8, a 2, and a 12. 8, 2, and 12. So we have the richest lay member, the charismatic pre a charismatic priest, and a temple treasurer. For the, for the three major figures here. What are the source of their power in the court, DT? All right. Let's, let's do all three of these as well. All right, we got a seven, a five, and an 11. Seven, five. So we got... They're an expert at seduction and manipulation for the richest lay member. 
next we have local lay believers support them with the money and help. In the temple treasurer, they have a particular holy lineage or role. All right. Give me three minor figures, DT. Got. Let's see. Okay, nine, six, and one. Nine, six, and one. Nine, six, and one. So we got a temple artisan, a pious criminal boss. A cleric of lax morals. Okay. I like the idea of like the pious criminal boss being somehow related to the, the crime syndicate we made in the first uh, uh, court. Yeah. And what what are their sources of power, DT? All right, let's figure that out. So we have a four, four, a Six and a two. Six. Two. So we have they've the backing of a secret but powerful heretics. Oh god. Um they've noble or oglocaric relatives. And they have acknowledged magical skills. Interesting. The, the fucking criminal boss is like related to like a fucking noble or a boss or like a whoever's ruling the land. Interesting. What are some conflicts, DT, at the uh, eternal uh, or sorry, the internal variety? All right. So we got a four for that one. The leader and their chief rival sabotage each other. And for the external, Clashing. we got a, we got a twelve. Twelve. Rivals are blaming the court for some misfortune. Hmm. Something to think about. All right, we've made five courts, and they're all different. Yep. Uh, varieties. All interesting in, in their own ways, and all have various, uh, you know. Things you can get into when you're when you're role playing and all that for sure. Mm -hmm. so we got the criminal, the, mm -hmm. familial, aristocratic, business, and religious. What were you gonna say though? I was just gonna say, and the and the goal is here to give you it gives you an outline, right? So it's like you fill all this in with details. Who is this brutal knee breaker? What are their kind of ultimate goals? What are, what what made them the way they are? Kind of thing, like all that stuff. Like this is all stuff that. This is kind of gets you started out into to um, build them out. Uh, there is more in this book, but I think we will save it for a future world building because uh, uh, I find it fascinating just how quick, how quick it is to just build these courts out, right? Like, yeah, I mean, we made five in like how long? Like, you know, I was not paying attention to the time, but it well, it felt pretty goddamn quick. It did, it did feel <laughs> quick. Um. So guys, the PDF we use for this is the World Without Numbers, uh, the deluxe edition. I think there's a free version of this, by the way. I, it's not the it's missing some pages because it's not the deluxe version. You have to pay for the deluxe version. Uh, but there is a free version of this. Um, I recommend checking it out. It's got some great stuff in here. 
There's more stuff in here that DT and I will definitely get into. It has a whole terrain, building terrain, building your campaign uh, section. But DT, if you are ready to end the show, my friend, we can end it here. If you are so inclined, I am I am good to go if you are. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to do a little bit more uh, or build out some of this stuff a little bit more in the future. I know there's like also stuff that we can build out with some of the other uh, sections that, that we haven't uh, quite done. Like I know in the politics section, we made one house. Uh, but there's another one that we, that we had a, a little little section for and we haven't really done either so we definitely got to go back and, and and fill out some of some of this other stuff but uh yeah it'd be be fun man there there's a lot to it man we got starting areas and factions and you know some bad guys and and and, and what they do and who who following them and all that and yeah there's a lot man this this clockwork land already just based off what we have here, I feel like it's quite a bit. Like, there's so much that we have in this just small, like, area, you know? Honestly, DT, like, if we filled out, we have enough now, we could do a book if we wanted to. Like, it, all you need is, like, we would just fill it out with more of what we already have. We'd have more starting areas. We'd have more setting yeah. info. We'd have flavor text, history, and stuff like that. But you could very easily, we could very easily make this into a setting book if we wanted to. We have enough to get started and do that if we want to. I am not an yeah. expert in that, <laughs> obviously, yeah. but we could definitely do that if we ever wanted to. Maybe that's <laughs> something we, we, we should look into. Yeah, that'd be fun. Exactly. Anyway, that's something um, that maybe, maybe we'll in the future and... Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll have to I th maybe come up with like a proper name because right now we just call it Clockwork, <laughs> yeah, Clockwork Land, Land, you know? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of this is like, there's a lot to it, but there's more that we could, you know, that we could flesh out and, uh, you know. The thing I love about it. Put some more detail into it. <clears throat> the thing I love about it is like, it's a collaborative process, right? Like, it's me, it's you, it's anybody that's watched these videos or been in chat when we're doing it like this is a process we all do like together right so that's like yeah. the thing i love about it most and it's a thing that when i first started dming i had no idea how to do any of this stuff right like so that's why i like doing it if somebody comes in and is like even just vaguely interested in some of the stuff we do here just a little bit of it maybe just one tab of, of the process we go through and some of the tools we use to help them start on their journey to tabletop world building, like, then it's it means something because I didn't have that when I first started, you know? So that's why I like doing them. Uh, and, and, like, when we're doing it, it gets my brain. I know I talk about this every time we do it. It gets my brain going, right? Like, it's like we have, we have the fucking Sopranos over here. We have some... some family over here that's going to have issues with other families we got we got a business uh store uh the build out and that's going to have issues we got uh we have the fucking aristocratic leaders of this area that have like this harkonnen type of violence assassin spy shit going on right like 
Yeah, so I just, just you know, going on with that. so much brain juices flowing. Um, but I think that's where we're going to call it today. Like, I can't wait to come back, though, for the next real building that we're going to do. And then, like, not only that, <laughs> but, like, I want to see how we can, like, fit in some of these courts that we made mm-hmm. into, like, some of the fat, maybe some of the factions that we did or, like, you know, some of the, the bad guys that we created. Like, I know you made a bad guy. I made a bad guy. Maybe how we can maybe like tie those in together somehow, or yeah, like some of these some of these quests that we've done, like like basically just tying in some of these tabs together and see how they can mesh or, or fit in or you know blend with each other and, and make sense in this in this whole world. Because right now we just have a bunch of different stuff, but like that's gonna be interesting to me is just like tying it all together and seeing how 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 they work. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll we'll get into some of this in a, in a in a future episode because. Uh, these these are always fun. So, yes, so, yeah. absolutely. Well, like Josh said, that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you all for joining us today. It was a lot of fun doing these. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's right. I always I always enjoy like seeing what uh, what PDF Josh is gonna bust out next, and, and you know, and, you know <laughs> I have a ton of them. I have a shitload. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that's why it's like, what, 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 what's going to be today's? You know, there's definitely more in this book I want to get into, but I haven't read that far ahead, so I didn't want to hop into it without having a little bit of understanding. The courts, I kind of understood; it's very simple, but some of the other stuff is uh, a little bit more complicated. But I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to DT to say your goodbyes, do your shoutouts, my friend. You are up on the main screen. All right. Thank you guys for watching, for hanging out, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next time. Uh, thank you for, for you know, always being around and, and listening and supporting all that good stuff. Uh, follow me on all the things that are on the sidebar here. Uh, coming up on stream, for me, I'm continuing to play Demon X, Demon X Machina, and uh, we'll be playing that till I beat it. And then we got some other fun games coming up, such as OG Mafia. I'm going to be playing the original Mafia uh, game. Not the original, original version, but I have the the remaster or the remake. Well, well, definitive edition is what they're calling it. So that's the one I have. And that's the one I'll be playing. I've never played it before, so I'll be getting to that after we're done with Damon X Machina. And uh, yeah, lots of cool stuff coming up. Um, so thanks for watching. See you next time. Bye-bye. Peace out. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, I love the D&D world building streams or tabletop world building streams. We'll be doing more of those in the future. Make sure to hit us up on all the things. Uh, I'm sure when Sons of the Forest comes out, DT and I will probably both be streaming that, uh, just because it's, it's fun and we'll be having a blast with that. Um... Uh, thank you, DT, for always uh, being here, being my co-host, being a badass that you are. Uh, thanks to everybody that was patient in those weeks where I had the toothache and wasn't around. Um, and thanks for everybody that just stops by. Uh, Jake, thank you for your three and a half year sub. I appreciate you, my friend. Um, and yeah, that's going to do it. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.